The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. We just had our first international guest on the show. And listen, this guy was prepared, came on a laptop, was respectful <laughs> with the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, just one of the most humble boxing guys that we've had on the show. Great conversation. And he's going to be fighting in May, a big fight for a world title. Against Vincent Astrolabio, WBO vacant bantamweight championship on ESPN May 13th, which is going to be a week before Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, and a week after Canelo Alvarez versus John Ryder. So right in the sweet spot where you can get that ESPN platform. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to everyone hearing this conversation with Jason Maloney, who was great. I know he's not one of the quote unquote big names in the sport, but these kind of guys are the ones who give you the best interviews. He was gracious with his time as a Chantel said, and he's going to become a big name in the sport if he wins his Bantamweight championship um, because it's a vacant title and he's one of the top contenders in that division. Has two losses on his record, but is still one of the best Bantamweights in the world. So without further ado, Chantel, here is our conversation with Jason Maloney. Welcome to the Mandatory. I'm Chantel Chen, joined alongside, of course, Brian Fonseca. Remember, follow us at the Mandatory TKO and shout out to Fight Hype and Fan Sided as well. We got a really special guest rocking with us today, our first international guest, actually. He was an amateur as he repped Australia at the 2010 Commonwealth Games. In his first fight in that tournament, it was one of the most memorable fights where he took care of Michael Conlon. He'll be fighting for the vacant WBO World Bantamweight title on May 13th. It's none other than Jason Maloney. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Jason, I need to hit you with uh, questions about Australia right off the bat. <laughs> because I, so one of my first jobs was I was a sports information director at a college that I went to. And for whatever reason, our coach for the women's basketball team, the team that I traveled with, they used to recruit a lot of Australian girls. We had one from Melbourne, one from Adelaide, and one from Sydney, um, one of whom plays professionally now. And they've all said, you got to go to Australia. Another friend of mine who's Greek in Australia, he's like, you got to go to Australia. What is it about Australia that, because I, I do want to go at some point. I do want to go. Chantel and I were just talking about this off air. But what is it specifically that I need to go out there and see and feel and just sort of be a part of? Oh, man, you have to come. You have to come. I don't know exactly if I can pinpoint sort of one reason, but it really is, in my eyes, the best country in the world. I feel blessed to have been brought, you know, born in Australia and, and you know, to grow up in Australia. Uh, it's paradise. I, um, I'm originally from Melbourne, which I love. I still, I still sort of feel as though Melbourne is my home. It's where all my family is and most of my friends are in Melbourne. But right now I live in northern, uh, in northern New South Wales and I live – on one of the most beautiful beaches in the entire world. Um, I can just walk there and spend a lot of time there with my family, which is amazing. And um, 
yeah, it, it is so beautiful. And anytime I travel overseas or go on a holiday, you know, and go to places like Mexico or, or anywhere with like that's known to have beautiful beaches, I go there and I'm just like, this is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. But Australia's got you guys covered easy. It's the most, yeah, it is just the most, yeah, beautiful, um, picturesque country in the world and everything's so clean and, and the people are nice. So, yeah, come down and check it out. And I would assume that you would say go check out Melbourne specifically probably first, right? Yeah, that's an amazing city. Um, it's Weather isn't as good as where I live now and the beaches in Melbourne aren't as good as where I live now. I live sort of right on the Gold Coast um, near sort of between Byron Bay and the Gold Coast, which are two of the most beautiful places in the world. So um, I would suggest you come up there as well. But, yeah, I love Melbourne. It's always, it's, I've always got a soft spot for Melbourne because uh, that's my hometown. I heard so many good things about the Gold Coast as well. So it's definitely on my list as well. Anyone that's tuning in, definitely take a trip to Australia. It's on my bucket list as well. Uh, we want to also get into kind of your upbringing a little bit, Jason. What got you into boxing? Um, we sort of fell into it accidentally in a way. Um, me and my twin. I'm a twin, as most people may know. But Andrew we, Maloney, yeah. yes, Andrew Maloney, who's also fighting for the world title on May 20. But um, we just loved football growing up we loved any sport really we were super super competitive I guess being twin brothers we just wanted to outdo each other in everything we did and um we loved Australian rules football I don't know if you've ever seen Australian rules football before but um that was our passion it's um it's huge in Melbourne that's everybody loves football in Melbourne and um yeah our goal was to play professional football but we were quite good as juniors um but in the off-season, we didn't really have anything to do. And we we had this little desire for boxing. We used to fight a lot with our gloves on. But <laughs> someone bought us a pair of gloves each for Christmas one year. And we'd just put them on and just fight in the lounge room. We didn't know what we were doing. But we uh, one year in the off-season, we weren't doing any sport. And we said to our dad, we want to go to the boxing gym. And I think he just thought, I'm just going to test these guys and see if this is something they really want to do or if it's just you know something you know, just a little phase. And, uh, yeah, we kept just nagging my dad for about six months. I want to go to the boxing gym, I want to go to the boxing gym. And eventually he took us down to the local boxing gym and we loved it. And uh, we trained for about three years from when we were 13 to about 16. And eventually guys in the gym were just like, boys, you guys have got to start fighting. You can, you know, you can go somewhere with this sport. And, um, yeah, we listened to him. We started fighting. I didn't have the best start. I lost my first three fights and my brother, my twin, he lost his first seven fights. And then we thought we got to make a decision here because we were still playing footy and that was still sort of our passion. And then we said we got to decide here what we want to do um, and just choose one or the other because it wasn't working trying to juggle both. And we both decided that boxing was now our passion. We just, as much as we love football, boxing had sort of taken our hearts and we both quit football started boxing and then we just went on a big winning streak and once we committed 100% to the sport yeah the results started to pay off and we kept winning and yeah we we toured around the world and represented uh, Australia at the Commonwealth Games and yeah we you know saw so many countries you know Russia Cuba America like yeah saw a lot of the world and um yeah and then the rest is history we, we turned professionals and decided to chase world titles and in three and a half weeks, I'll, I'll achieve the dream and become champion of the world. 
<laughs> now you mentioned you guys used to get in a, like little squ- scuffles or whatnot when you were younger. Who would mostly win those scuffles? You or Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> you ask me, I say me. If you ask him, you'll say him. But um, <laughs> that, that's just the competitive nature that we have. We used, to, yeah, we used to fight a lot, and um, we're super close. We spend nearly every day together, but we're still super competitive. But um, I think as we've matured, it's not so much that I want to out you know, outdo him. We sort of work together as a team now and that's team Maloney. And um, yeah, now we know that, you know, I don't need to beat Andrew. I need to beat every other bantamweight in the world. And, and for him, he needs to beat every other super flyweight in the world. So we help each other a lot now. And um, yeah, we're in Las Vegas at the moment on the other side of the world and uh, training together every day and pushing each other and making sure that we're both at our absolute best. And um, yeah, he's going to fight for the world title exactly one week after me. Um, so it's going to be such a special, special occasion when we both are crowned world champions and go home with two belts on that plane and um, achieve the ultimate dream that we set out to achieve. Do you guys still get like a certain level of emotion for each other's fights or maybe it's nerves, maybe it's worry because you guys have been doing this for so long, you know, before as an amateur, not professionally, but you guys are obviously so connected and even now you're only going to fight a week apart. So are the emotions sort of heightened when it's like, you know, I'm fighting and then my twin is fighting and it's like you don't really have the time to shut anything off because you have to prepare for a fight and he's fighting right after you. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. And um, quite a lot during our career, I think on maybe 15 occasions, we've both fought on the same night. And that's quite difficult because obviously you're trying to worry about your own fight and, you know, stay in the zone. And it's hard to block it out, especially if, you know, if Andrew's fighting first, I'm trying to prepare for my own fight. But, you know, I'm worried and, and, and want him to win because I've seen how much he's put into the preparation and how much it means to him. And it's so hard sometimes to fight on the same night because, yeah, you got to focus on your own fight. And, um, yeah, it can be difficult. But that's why I feel very lucky and I think the stars have aligned perfectly for this trip where I'll be able to focus 100% on my fight and beat Astralabio and become world champion and enjoy that moment that I've worked for my whole life. And then Andrew has a full week where it's just only about him. And on on that night, we can all concentrate on Andrew and, and I'll be in his corner and um, we'll be there for him. And the sole focus is on him and his fight. And then we can share that special celebration together when he wins as well. So, yeah, as I said, I think the stars have aligned perfectly for this trip and we'll handle it no problem. Now, just hearing you talk, you know, with the confidence that you guys are definitely going to get these world titles, but how much more special does it kind of make it to know that you guys have done everything together in the world of boxing so far and have an opportunity to gain both world titles, doing it together in Vegas right now, training and, uh, you know, at the fights that are going to be coming up? Yeah, it's going to be so special. It's, um, you know, since we set out as professionals, our goal was just to both be champions and, you know, to hold those belts, not just win them and that's the job. The job's done. Win the belts and reign as champions for a long time and both be side to side and, and you know, have very six, six, successful careers together. Um, and I've actually had two prior opportunities to become world champion and unfortunately fallen short on both of those occasions. And then Andrew, my brother, was world champion for a short stint during 2019 and 
I had the chance to become champion in, in 2020 and, and lost to Nao Anui, unfortunately. But so we've had the opportunities, but it's just never come to fruition. And it's it's been hard, you know, it's been we haven't had the easy road. We've had both had our ups and downs throughout our career. And finally, I feel like it's all worked out. And here we are, the perfect moment for us, one week apart to both win belts and become world champions. And we're both in such fantastic physical shape but also mental space um i feel like we know that this is our time and this is our destiny and now we just got to go out there and get the job done you mentioned uh in a way that was a loss that you took but that was also a fight that you took on short notice uh because the original guy casimiro that he was supposed to fight had to back up because of covid19 in that fight obviously it probably was a hard loss for you to take how did you get through going through that and what was the most difficult part about fighting in a way as well yeah it was a little bit of a short notice um the way it worked out is I actually had a great win over Leonardo Baez over here in America at the MGM and in that fight I hit him with a right hand on the top of the head and I tore a tendon in my middle finger of my right hand and um Mm. I was actually booked in for surgery to have that right hand operated on and we got a call from top rank, my manager did, and um, they said, hey, listen, yeah, Casemiro's out. There's an opportunity here for you to fight Nairo Anui for for two world titles and it was a fight that I always wanted and, you know, even though my right hand wasn't in good shape, um, I thought if I turn this fight down, that opportunity may never come again and, we spoke to my surgeon and said, listen, we've got an opportunity here. Can we postpone the surgery? And he basically said, the way your hand is, like the tendon's complete, completely ruptured. So you can't really make it worse. It's really, can you prepare properly? Can you deal with the pain? Um, and I just said, yeah, let's do it. Like I'll, I'll handle the pain and I'll prepare as absolute best I can because this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And got in there and I felt great. I had obviously had to sort of, I guess, alter my preparation. I didn't do as much sparring as I would have wanted. I didn't do a lot of pad work because my hand was sore, but I uh, I still prepared well and I still really believe that I had what it takes to beat Anui on that night, but he's a special fighter. And I think, you know, I've got to give him credit. He, he, he may at that time have just been better than me anyway. So I'm not going to use that right hand as a as an excuse, but you can't go in there against someone like that who's a once-in-a-generation talent with an injury and not be 100%. Um, but I'm still proud of myself for taking the challenge and not not shying away from it. Um, a lot of people would have run from that fight, but I wanted that challenge because I want to achieve something special in this sport. Um, but he's just, yeah, a freakish talent. Um, incredible speed with both his hands and his feet. I found it very hard to get close to him to get into my range to let my shots go. And then the moment I thought I was safe, he's, he's I guess his closure speed, his, you know, to go from out of range to into range to land his punches was incredible. Um, just explosive. Um, the two shots he hurt me with in that fight, I just didn't see coming. He's just amazing speed, amazing power, um, and almost the full package, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's good to see him move up to 122. It opens the door for my division and, and all the belts open up. Uh, but I think he will dominate at 122 as well. I think he's an incredible fighter. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in that next weight. And um, now he leaves the door open for me to take over the bantamweight division. So it's a win-win. Two-part question. One, 
about anyway, what can you <clears throat> beyond obviously your description now, but for somebody who doesn't fight, because we have people who listen to this, majority of whom aren't boxers, <laughs> and they, you know, their fans, some of whom are casuals and may not be as familiar with Inouye, how could you describe him in a way that's like, that anyone would understand, like what makes him generational? And then the second part of the question is his fight coming up against Stephen Fulton. You think he's going to dominate at 122 and he's going in there against probably the best at 122 right off the bat yeah. how do you feel like he's going to handle that challenge yeah it's um well for the first part of the question you know it's sort of hard to explain to i guess a, a casual or a non-boxing fan but he's just explosive he's got tremendous he's got like tree trunk legs and these thick calves and he just explodes off his feet and gets in and out of range so quick and his speed and his power is just explosive you don't and if for those that don't box that if you get hit with a shot that you don't see they're the shots that hurt you yeah. if you if i if you throw a punch at me and i see that punch it can be hard but oh you if you see the shot you can brace for it and take the shot and generally it won't have that big of an effect but if you don't see the punch if someone throws a punch that fast or from an angle that you don't see it and it connects it's like being you know king hit or coward punch from the side if someone just walk walk up to you on the street and you don't see it and they hit you that's going to take you out no matter how tough you are and that's what he's like he's just got incredible speed and power and timing um and that's a deadly combination um but yeah, the second part to your question, uh, that just shows how much belief they have to go up to 122 and straight away fight who I think is the number one in that division, St- Stephen Fulton. And I think it's a great fight. I don't, because he hasn't fought someone with that sort of style. But yeah, I think Anui beats him. Um, that's that's just how good I think he is. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see the fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he wins that fight and then Tapales, who just won the other two belts, I think he beats him quite comfortable too. So it's um, it's a pretty quick road to being undisputed at 122 as well. So he's um, yeah, to be undisputed at 118 and 122 already, it's incredible. Now you talked about obviously fighting in a way. You picked uh, who you think's gonna win between him and Cool Boy Steph. What I want to know is, let's talk about your fight that's coming up as well. Now leading up to it, of course, I actually want to know, Jason, who have you sparred with? Um, sparred with a lot of people throughout my career. Um, probably the biggest names. I sparred Lomachenko back in two thousand and fifteen. Um, I've sparred with Nonito Donaire. Um, I've sparred with. Evgeny Gradovich, I've sparred with my brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've sparred with a lot of good fighters. Um, Michael Conlon, who you mentioned earlier, I've done quite a few rounds with him. Um, yeah, I've sparred with a lot of good fighters th- throughout my career. Um, but, yeah, without, probably the, the best in my eyes would be Lomachenko. And you met Lomachenko also has a fight coming up. I believe your brother is on that card, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's going to be taking on Devin Haney. Who do you have winning in that fight? Yeah, I love both fighters. I'm a big fan of Loma and, and Haney. Um, and, yes, stoked that my brother gets the opportunity to fight on such a massive show. Um, I think Haney's going to win that fight. Um, I just really rate Devin as a, as a very, very special fighter. Um and I think his size and his youth 
and where he's at in his career, you know, I think he, since becoming champion, he's only getting better and better and better. And his confidence and where he's at, he, he just, he's, he's very hard to beat at the moment. He's undisputed and, and just getting better. Whereas Loma, I think he's unfortunately on the slide a little bit. His last few performances haven't been that vintage Loma that, you know, we all grew to love. But I still think it's going to be a very, very hard fight because Lomachenko is special. But, um, yeah, if, if I've got to pick one, I think Devin wins that fight. What was the, I guess, toughest part about sparring Loma when you did? Yeah, it was incredible. I was only pretty raw at that stage. I think I'd only had about less than 10 fights. Um, but the opportunity to come – actually, it's a funny story. I, I was sparring Evgeny Gradovich, who I mentioned, who was a former world champion that day. And – uh, his manager, Igus Klimas, who managed Loma as well, said, hey, we've just had a call. Uh, Loma's sparring partners can't make it today. Would you like to spar Loma? And I'd already finished, just did six rounds, and I thought, spar Loma? Of course I want to spar Loma. So <laughs> we had about, I think we only had like an hour and a half break or something, just went down the road, quickly got a little snack, and then came back and did more rounds with Loma. And, yeah, being in the ring with him was just incredible. The He's control it's almost like he was one step ahead of me he just he knew what you were going to do before you even did it and obviously his angles which everyone knows are incredible uh you know you think you've got him where you want him and then the next minute he's around the side throwing punches from an angle you don't even you don't even (laughs) see that was yeah it was an amazing sort of not a wake-up call but you know it's so early in my career to share the ring with someone like that was like Wow, this is the level. That's this is what the top guys are like, and um, yeah, it enc- it encouraged me and motivated me to get better and get better and work hard and get to that get to that level. So you could say that you've seen the level in two instances with Inouye with Lomachenko. How do you feel like that? Those experiences, particularly the Inouye one, because that was more recent. Those experiences help you now that you're getting a third crack at a world title uh, against you know Astrolabio, who's going to be a tough fighter as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've, as I mentioned, you know, I've had the two opportunities for a world title and, you know, I've had the two losses in my career, which no fighter wants to lose. But I've had a lot of, you know, a lot of those lessons um, throughout my career that have helped me grow and become a better fighter. And, yeah, that loss to Anui um, wasn't nice, but it really showed me the level that I want that I aspire to reach. And it showed me how, you know, where we need to get to. And I just got back in the gym and worked even harder. And I'm a real student of the game. I love boxing and I, I, I watch so much boxing and I, you know, every sparring session I do, I watch it back and I, I just study this sport because I love it so much and I want to be the best that I can be. And right now I feel like I've learned so much since those first two world, world total opportunities and, I'm a much more complete, much better fighter now physically and mentally. I'm on another level to I was back then and now third time's a charm and I know that this is my time and I'm going to grab this with both hands. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, my whole life I've chased this dream of becoming world champion and I, I honestly don't think I could die a happy man if I don't win this world title. I always feel like I've failed that. I didn't achieve that dream that I set out to achieve. And I'm not going to let anyone stop me on May 13. And I'm expecting a hard fight, as you said, from Astralabio. But I think with the experience I now have and the lessons I've learned, 
and the way I've gone back to the gym every time and just got better, I think that this is my time and I'm going to grab it with both hands and have make sure that this world title is wrapped around my waist. I wanted to ask you about um, Australian boxing um, because I feel like in watching it from afar that it's grown a lot over the years. And for people who don't know when watching this, if you look up the top Australian boxers in the world, according to BoxRec, you were second behind George Cambosos. I feel like I feel like that's noteworthy, right? And you probably become first after winning this world title. But the atmosphere always looks very enjoyable. And you fought as the co-feature, if I'm not mistaken, on yep. both of the George Cambosos Devin Haney fights. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen it grow over the years. Could you explain just like what why that's happening? Why do I feel like there's there's more Australian fighters coming out? You see more prospects coming out of Australia who are on the cusp of competing for world titles. Tim Zhu being another one that's very recent. And like what's what's really going on out there? Yeah, it's going we're going through a really, really exciting phase. It's um you know, for me, as I've mentioned, I love boxing and and it's not really a sport that we get spoken about or, or gets much media attention or, or you know, that much following in Australia, which is something that I've always wanted to change. Um, And, yeah, we've um, started to go through a real, I guess, golden era or, you know, a really exciting phase where we've got a lot of good fighters coming through. And, we, you know, with George Cambosis becoming undisputed and bringing those big shows down under. And, yeah, it was incredible for me to be involved in those shows and it got everyone talking. Everyone's started to follow boxing and started to support our fighters, which is exactly what I want. And um, it's what I want to keep happening. So I think when people see the success that someone has, it helps inspire them and show them that this can be done. And all these other fighters coming through now are going, yeah, well, we can do this. Even though we're from, you know, a not very boxing strong nation, um, we can go over and fight on the big stage and win world titles and put on these massive events in our own country and bring the big names like Dev and Haney over to Australia and put on these huge shows. And that's something that definitely motivates me and I know motivates a lot of the other fighters coming through is that we can win these world titles and put on these big shows and Australia will get behind you and support you. And they are. And it's amazing the the, the level of support that I'm getting already. But I know that once I become world champion and, and bring those belts back to the back to Australia, that that support's just going to grow and grow, and it's yeah, it's such an exciting place to be. And yeah, we've got some great talent coming through, um, a lot of good people that are on the cusp of winning those world titles. Um, you know, we've got a couple of world champions at the moment, a couple of male and female world champions at the moment. But, right. you know, if I can win a belt, my brother can win a belt, uh, you know, George Cambosis can get back into that title picture. Um, you know, we've got other guys that are right on the cusp, you know, sitting at sort of one or two in the world. And um, the more success we have, I know the more the more Australia is going to get behind us. So it's a really exciting place to be. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to watch it grow and to be a big part of it. So Jason, I got a little bit of inside scoop. I had to hit up my cousins down in Australia, huge boxing fans. And we were talking about the boxers, obviously that have made a big name in the country. 
And my question to you is, you know, like Tim Zoo right now is becoming a really big household name. He said about you and your brother that there is a lot of buzz on you guys heading into next month. How does that make you feel knowing that, you know, you're repping your country, you guys both have an opportunity to win words titles, and most importantly, everything that you guys have been through leading up to this moment? Yeah, it's, a, it's really special um, to have the support of my country. Um, you know, obviously I love boxing, I love Australia and yeah, I want the country to get behind me and, you know, I'm not just doing this for me, I'm doing this for us all and I want to bring these belts home to Australia and to, you know, help grow the sport and inspire that younger generation and show them what we can do. So it's very special and, um, yeah, I feel like me and my brother don't quite have that profile in Australia yet. We don't quite get the support that we perhaps feel we deserve because, a lot of our fights have been overseas and I love fighting in America. I, I really do. But when we do that, we don't get to sort of, I guess we don't get the media attention or we don't get the people coming to the boxing and we don't quite have the following down under that we probably deserve. So for us to win these world titles and bring them home and then start holding our own shows down there, that's really going to help us and um, get the whole country behind us and, and get them all excited. So it's, this is the start. Uh, the start of this process. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for what's next. Yeah, um, I was talking to my cousin Gav, shout out to Gav from Sydney. Um, and he was like, listen, there is, there's a lot of buzz around the Maloney brothers and they're really excited for you guys. So you guys are gonna definitely have a whole country behind you, especially you. for next month. So it's exciting. Now, before we get to the mandatory maze, Jason, which is gonna be like a quick fire session, sure. I do wanna ask you, cause you mentioned now this weight class for you has opened up. And you have an opportunity to win a world title. But there's also a few names that I want to mention. And you tell me how you would fare. Emmanuel Rodriguez and Melvin Lopez. How do you think you fare against those two guys who are actually right behind you when it comes to uh, the WBO rankings? Yeah, I can't wait to get revenge on Emmanuel Rodriguez. It was a split decision and, and look, you know, it was a fight that perhaps could have gone either way. But when the final bell rang, I, I did think that I'd done enough to beat him that night and, and become world champion. But um, now with how much I've developed since that fight and the experiences that I've gained since that fight, I, I think that I would take care of him, no worries. And it's a fight that really excites me. I think they've got him number one in the ring magazine now as well. So, and me at number two. So, I'm looking to beat him. Uh, it's definitely a fight that, uh, that excites me and one that I definitely want for the future. Chantel wants me to say that I'm Puerto Rican. That's why she's staring at me right now. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, Jason. I got ties to Australia, so I'm going to rep you mad hard right now. He's going to go the other way. Um, the other one you I mentioned, did. sorry, Melvin Lopez. I actually haven't seen Melvin Lopez fight, uh, to be honest, which uh, is funny. Yeah. I, I watch everyone in my division and, and really study uh, future opponents. But, um, yeah, Melvin uh, Lopez is one that sort of slid under my radar. I haven't seen him Um I expect Rodriguez to win that fight, uh, but yeah, I haven't seen him, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, because was, once was... you win the world title, a lot of these guys obviously are going to be calling your name. So right. I thought I'd throw a few of those in there yeah. and see. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously you want to avenge Rodriguez, but yeah. Yeah, well, they, 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 that this division is so open, and you know, obviously my full focus right now is on Astrolabio and beating him and winning that belt, but. Yeah, the, the rematch with Rodriguez definitely excites me. A uh, potential fight with Nonito Donaire definitely excites me. 
And I'd love a shot at Anui's brother as well, Takuma yeah. Anui, who's just become the WBA champion. So there's some really exciting fights in the 118-pound division. And I'm going to get myself right in the mix and, um, yeah, get people calling my name and, and have that target on my back when I have the belt. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's some exciting fights for the future. I will say this about the uh, the Manny Rodriguez fight because I remember watching it. I believe it was in 2018. Uh, I know that I, I'm in New York, so I know this as a Puerto Rican uh, state side. That fight was in Orlando, and we we have a home field advantage in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And, uh, we have we have a lot of Puerto Ricans in New York and Orlando, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt that. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it was a close fight, and. Uh, you know, like people shout robbery far too much in this sport. I don't think it was a robbery. It was a close fight. I thought that the one judge that had me, 115, 113, had it right, but the other two saw it the other way, and it is what it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was devastating to lose that that opportunity for the world title, but I got straight back in the gym and worked extremely hard and um, earned myself another opportunity, and, and here we are. And, um, yeah, if I, if I can fight him again in, in a unification fight, then that would be special. And, um, yeah, I'm confident that I'd get my redemption. Yeah. Jason, uh, Brian doesn't know that Australians are humble, so I'll say it for you. You got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> you got robbed in that fight. Uh, but, yeah, very, very close fight. But we do yeah. want to get to the mandatory maze, Jason. So yep. what this is, we're going to give you a few questions. Whatever first comes to mind, uh, you let me know. Okay, so are you more of a soccer fan or do you rep the Melbourne Rebels hard? <laughs> I'm actually not much of a soccer fan, to be honest. Um, I love all sport, but yeah, if you're going to quiz me on soccer, I won't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, this is more of a different type of question, but I so this is random. I I did a rugby story one time, uh, here in Brooklyn. We have a rugby team, and. I was corrected numerous times, not numerous times, a few different times about the difference between rugby league and something else. Rugby union, yeah. Rugby union, yeah. right? And in Australia, is this something that like pisses people off when it gets uh, just sort of uh, distorted amongst uh, people and they don't uh, know the difference? I don't know. See, because I'm born and bred in Melbourne, at, where they're not really a rugby town, really. They're mm -hmm. really hard into Australian rules football. Um, but where I live now, which is right on the border of Queensland and New South Wales, they're like rugby mad. But they, yeah, they'd probably get upset if you get it confused. <laughs> and they've got this huge rivalry where they do the state of origin. It's New South Wales versus Queensland. And yeah, you, they, you know, they've got this fierce rivalry that, uh, yeah, you don't want to get in the middle of. But um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't follow too much rugby. But um, yeah, they're, they're very passionate where I'm from. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard, um, but that's why I mentioned the rebels. I know a few fans that that do rock for the rebels. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you. So you're training right now in Vegas. What are you listening to in your headphones? Um, I've got a bit of a mix, really. Like I love all type of music. Um, when we're over here, we like to play a bit of Australian, you know, like ACDC and a you know a bit of the old school Aussie rock and things like that, but. I've got a huge mix. I like listening to any music. Um, yeah, I've got a real broad range. 
if I really want to get upbeat and you know into a training session, I don't mind like a little bit of house music and that sort of stuff. But we've got uh, the speaker and a microphone in the gym at the moment, and uh, I've got a Filipino sparring partner over here, and we've been getting him to do some karaoke. Up the <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, he's, he's got an amazing voice, and um, yeah, he just sits in the corner and sings for us. It's yeah, it's unreal. What's your request that you give him for a song? Have you give him any re- requests or anything? You don't need to give requests. We asked him to sing <laughs> one song and then you, once he gets on there, you can't get him off. We've got to drag him out of the gym. Like, be it. Mate, that's enough. You can sing more <laughs> All right, going back to how we started this episode, let's say let's say I, I take the trip, right? I take the trip to Australia, which I believe is a 20-hour yeah. flight. So yeah. hopefully yeah. business class or something. Yeah, what is the nice. first the first meal like? authentic meal that i need to have once i land <laughs> like you want australian food is that what yes. you're thinking yes it's a hard one because we we've got like we have like all different cuisines in australia you know like if you want italian you get good italian if you want indian there's good indian you know good thai food there's there's everything but um we do a lot of barbecues and stuff in australia you know Ooh. i love my steak and, and things like that but uh, the top ranked crew when they came over for the for the Haney Cambosa show last year, they're like, I want to have some Aussie, you know, like what can I have that's that maybe I've never had before? And I said, go get a meat pie, and um, that's something that it's like an Aussie meal. It's just like a pie, but it's full of meat, and you put tomato sauce on top, and yeah, yeah. you eat the pie. They uh they went to the footy and they got themselves a meat pie, and they weren't the biggest fan. They they didn't really like it, but. <laughs> That's a real Aussie food, so yeah, you got to try that. Try yeah, try meat pie and maybe try um, maybe some toast with some Vegemite on it. That's a pretty Australian thing. Um, but yeah, there's lots of stuff down here that uh, that we love. I don't know if you will, but we can introduce you. So you got to get down here, and I'll, I'll show you around. <laughs> I'll try it. What what what's in a meat pie? Like meat, but what specific meats are in it? Uh, it's like beef traditionally. A beef is like your traditional pie, but it's got like a gravy sort of thing through it. It's huh. not really like a high quality beef, like a good steak. It's just like processed garbage, really. But <laughs> it tastes good. <laughs> okay, so obviously we're talking about food right now. You're training, so you know you got to be pretty strict with your meal. No meat pies and training camp. <laughs> None of that processed meat from those pies, obviously, Jason. Yeah, but um, um, as soon as you're done training, what's going to be your cheat meal after your after your fight? Um, well, we over here, I love Chick Fil A. We don't have Chick Fil A, yeah. So I'm it's a big awesome. fan of that. So yeah, I'll go to Chick Fil A, and I love a pizza too. But um, yeah, probably Chick Fil A will be first, um, and then yeah, a nice a nice big pizza. Um, but yeah, I love my food, but um, nothing will taste so good as winning that belt so i can't wait mm. for that favorite australian athlete of all time is who oh that's a tough one look you probably won't know who he is but i'll say tony lockett he's a, a australian rules football player that i just grew up loving and idolizing but my favorite once i turned to boxing was danny green um mm. i don't know if you've seen danny green but he yeah. was like a big inspiration for me growing up and uh, a good friend of mine now, he uh, he trained with my coach now. That so uh, I sort of followed his footsteps and, and went to went to Angelo Hyder. Um, but yeah, he was my first boxer that I really 
fell in love with and loved what he did inside the ring and outside the ring and followed him. And he's probably one of the reasons I turned professional. Um, yeah, he really motivated me to to follow follow his you know follow his footsteps and try and achieve what he achieved. So he's my favorite boxer, and uh, Tony Lockett's my favorite footballer. My final one for you, Jason, is what was your kind of oh my god moment when you were at an event or something, maybe for top rank, where you saw someone famous and you were kind of like, whoa, okay. Um, probably the best one I can think of was in Australia. Actually, we were fighting um in Melbourne, and um one of the guys played a trick on us, and they said, hey, listen, there's um there's this big major sponsor of this event you just got to go up there and go up to his hotel room and just, you know, say good day and, and, you know, spend 10 minutes with him. I know you don't want to do it. You know, you're fighting tomorrow and all that, but just go up there and, and do the right thing and, you know, make him feel special. So like, oh, whatever, we'll go through with this. Obviously you just, you're fighting the next day, so you, you don't want to do it. But we went up to this hotel room and we're sitting down on this couch for a while and we're going, when is this guy doing? Like, come on, we, you know, we want to get out of here. And then out walked Usain Bolt from the next room out of his bedroom and sat down on the couch and talked to us for like 15 minutes. And wow. I was just like, yeah, oh, my God, moment. Like one of the best athletes of all time, the fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt just sitting on the couch talking to us and, yeah, telling us about, you know, his training, how he's to prepare, his mindset. Um, and, yeah, he gave us like 15 minutes of his time and, yeah, that was incredible to meet someone like that. So that was probably one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah. Well, damn, I, I used to run track. Now I have a Usain Bolt question. Did he did he say anything that like you took with you? I know it was only fifteen minutes, but I mean, it was Usain Bolt. Yeah. Oh, incredible. He was he was just talking about how diligent he was with his preparation, I guess, and how hard he worked. You know, everyone just sees this freak talent sees him, you know, break 10 seconds and, and become the fastest man in the world. But the hours and the years and the years of hard work that put into that one incredible moment. And, yeah, just about the commitment and the sacrifices and how hard he worked to achieve that goal. And, yeah, just gave us so much motivation to, to keep grinding hard and to chase this world title and achieve what I'm set out to achieve. So an incredible moment. And, yeah, such a cool guy to just sit down on the couch and, speak to someone from Australia and, and, and give them all of his time and his advice is incredible. And last one for me, if you could pick one fighter past or present in their prime, you'd be able to share the ring with them in a fight. Who would that person be? And would you win that fight? <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked that before. And I said, Roberto Duran, I think he's, mm. uh, he's just one of my favorites of all time. And, yeah, I don't know how nice it would be to share the ring with him, but it'd be <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not going to go out and say I'd beat Roberto Duran, but right. uh, yeah, I love a crack and um, I'd love to fight a through Gaddy as well. I loved him as a fighter, just incredible. Just you know, he's never going to be in a boring fight, and uh, just gave his all. So that they're two of my two of my favorites. Well, two guys I've definitely uh, got a real soft spot for that. Uh, yeah, I just admire the way they went about their business. That's the second Roberto Duran answer we've gotten in that question. Regis Progray, who we had last month, also said yeah. Roberto Duran. 
So yeah, very, but, very popular when asking that question on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, he's just, yeah, he was an incredible fighter, wasn't he? So, yeah, as I said, it might not be the most pleasant experience, but uh, it might be painful, but with the hands of stone, it would be cool just to share the <laughs> ring with him. Of course, of course. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Good luck on your fight coming up with Astro Labio. Uh, we're gonna definitely going to be rooting for you. Jason Maloney will be fighting for the vacant title, the bat and weight title that is WBO May 13th. So make sure to definitely check him out. And uh, all the best of luck. And we hope to catch up with you sometime soon again. Yeah, thanks, Eves, guys. Really appreciate you having me on the show. And um, yeah, we'll chat once I have that world title around my waist. And um, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Can't wait. And tell Andrew we said good luck as well. <laughs> yes, I will yes. do. I will do. Thank uh, you. Thanks. Thank you so much.